Today in TFC Stock Geekout, it will be part two of our three-part special around C Limited. And we'll be discussing Shopee, one of the fastest growing e-commerce platforms. In fact, probably the biggest e-commerce platform here in Southeast Asia today. They have some of the lowest merchant fees currently and that is definitely fueling their massive adoption efforts. And they can do so because of their cash cow gaming business, Garena. We discussed that in part one and about its amazing game-free fire. So check that out if you have yet to. It provides great context while understanding how Shopee is bulldozing its way around the e-commerce landscape. This is a sponsored collaboration with SteadyCompounding.com and you will be hearing from Thomas Chua, the Chief Editor and Independent Analyst. For a limited time only, all of you will get 20% lifetime discount of Steady Compounding's premium subscription. Their team have broken down C-Limited, Starbucks, Facebook, Twilio and will continue to do research in some of the most interesting investing ideas out there. With 30-day money-back guarantee, head over to SteadyCompounding.com and use promo code COCONUT, C-O-C-O-N-U-T yeah, for 20% off lifetime subscription. For reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 14th of August 2021. Our discussion for today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's geek out. Yeah, I think this is a good segue to start talking about Shopee. Shopee is mm. actually a game, la, but um, <laughs> not sure whether this is this is the correct way to put it. But I would say Shopee is a game for the ladies, you know. Um, no shooting, <laughs> etc. involved. Whoa, 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 Oh, yes, yes. But I, I know what you're saying. Okay, shopping is not unique to ladies. It just tends to be, you know, um, stereotypically, more ladies are consuming more on, on uh, these kind of platforms. Yes, that's it. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Because and, and typically, then. when you look at the traditional household, right, uh, it is generally the females who are doing the household buying for the entire family. Mm, and mm. Um, you look at the games Shopee is coming up with, like your Shopee Shake or your Shopee Farm or your Shopee. Uh, What's the other one? Uh, your Candy Crush. Your Shopee version of Candy Crush. Uh... If you look at the demographics of the gamers for this platform, right? You're, you're going to observe like they're overwhelmingly uh, the ladies who are playing this. Right? Hey, you you um, know, you know, my reaction is very big because people actually play, you know. I actually see I people play the game and I'm like, oh my god, this thing is working. I have friends who actually like, don't worry, I want to play my credit and play this yeah. thing. I was like, really? You play the game so, yeah, so that I can get the credit, I can get the rebate discount, whatever. I think they got some sort of things going on, right? Some sort of a rebate system. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my goodness, it works. Crazy, it does crazy. work, right? Like at yeah. routine timing, I will see my friends logging in to do the <laughs> Shopee Shake so that I can get the <laughs> Shopee coins. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is when I ask them, how much rebate does this give you? One cent, two cent? maximum 10 cent you know and, and they'll just lock in um, and it creates a lot of engagement this way and you know they really pick this up from the e-commerce companies in China because when you look at companies like Pintoto all this the way they overcome Alibaba when it comes to gross merchandise value the amount of stuff sold on the platform it is not just from low prices but it's also because they gamified the whole shopping experience so when it comes to um, getting shoppers to keep logging into the app or when it comes to, um, you know, 
acquiring new customers. You look at their gains, um, not just through group buying, but also like, let's say we take Shopee Farm, for example, you need to water your farm in order to get credits, right? Um, sometimes you cannot, you cannot water the farm. You can ask your friend to do it for you. And your friend who don't have a Shopee app will have to install the Shopee app and will have to experience Shopee's user interface. In that way, you know, it's a very smart way to acquire new users. Um, when you look at the traditional cost for e-commerce companies to acquire new users, it's somewhere between 5 to 10 US dollars. But mm. with these Shopee coins, which is 1 cent, 2 cent, 10 cents, you know, you're able to acquire new users that way and keep them engaged on the platform. Because these games, right, in order to win, it is not just a, you lock in one time, two time thing. You need to keep logging in every single way. So this part is mainly to acquire female users. They have another way to acquire male users, which is using Garena. So if you have the Garena platform, right, when they want to acquire new users in Brazil, for example, or in Indonesia, users of Garena, if you log in into Shopee every single day, you'll get a free gun, you'll get a free armor, you get a free gear, etc. It works. It works. It works. People it works. will just Even log I in Even this kind of trap. Yes. Sometimes you play a new game, then you're like, oh, quite engaging. Then they, they'll tell you, oh, you want to click this to watch a video and then and then you, you get some extra stuff. You know, so I, I do think people do this kind of very low action stuff to acquire customers and, and it's going to be very powerful. Right. Oh, my goodness. That's the thing. When, when people start to engage with the platform more, subconsciously, they will start shopping on the platform as well. And when it comes to Shopee, um, just within two years, you know, they are able to overtake their, their competitors who are there for a decade already. Mm. Um, so when you look at Tokopedia, Bukalapa, uh, or Lazada, you know, Lazada used to be the most dominant one. And they really just overtook all their competitors within a short period of two years. Not just through gamification, but also through their mobile-first approach. Back in 2016 and 2017, all their competitors are fighting on the web. And just like Garina, right, a lot of folks in these developing countries, they don't own a PC. But what they do have is a mobile phone. And Shopee came in at just the right time. And on day one, they decided that Shopee is going to be a mobile-first shopping app. And this gave them a leg up yeah, when it comes to acquiring the amount of users in the region. And by being an app, you are able to offer a much more robust experience. This is where all the games and the social, making the shopping online social effects come in. So, for example, when you shop on Shopee, right, in Asia um, or in Brazil, people are very used to shopping as a social experience. You know, like when you go to Thailand, when you shop, right, you confirm or haggle. You will not buy something from the roadside without haggling, right? And so, when it comes to Shopee, um, you can chat with the buyer directly. And... It's not just chatting with buyers in your country. You are able to, as in Singapore, you can chat with someone from Indonesia, from Thailand, from China. And they have an auto-translation software embedded inside, which is world-class. They have actually won several awards for really? how accurate the, the translation is. Yeah. Wow. Then there's also Shopee Fit. So you see a lot of, I would hate to use the word youngsters, but okay, you, you'll see a lot of people on social media um, posting, you know, their shopping experiences, you know, like let's say I buy an LV back today, I'll start posting. So, so Shopee, they also integrated the whole shopping experience inside. When shopping on Shopee, right, you're able to see a Shopee feed, meaning like whatever your friend buy, you know, you're able to see what they buy, if they're willing to share, you know, and you're able to post 
what you think about the product to your friends on the platform. You are able to chat with your friends on the platform as well. And so they really try and make the shopping experience in Asia really a social event, which is again catering to consumers. Because like when we go to Amazon or Etsy platform, you are not able to see functions like this coming up. But again, in China, you are going to see all the e-commerce app having this social function because they recognize how important it is for Asians, you know, to um, shop together. You, you don't want it to be just a, a solo event, right? When it is social, more people will come on and it will become a more sticky platform. Hmm. And I think I think Shopee is trying all sorts of strategy, right? Every, everything, everything that everyone else has, they're also doing, but they're also doing more, you know, with the games and everything. But with your celebrity endorsement, your own merchant and, and all that jazz, everything else that every other platform is doing, they are also doing. Or did they start some of these things? Or are they just adopting what other people are adopting also? Yeah, so similar to what we see in Garina, they hyper-localize as well. When we look at Lazada app, you are going to see, or even Grab, when we look at Grab and Lazada, right, you are going to see one app being applied to um, the whole Southeast Asia region. So when I went to Thailand or when I go to Indonesia or Malaysia, the same Grab app that will work in Singapore would work in all those countries because they are the same app. There's no customization for each country. But when it comes to Shopee, right, they have a separate app for each country, uh, Shopee Indonesia, Shopee Vietnam, Shopee Philippines, um, because they want to hyper-localize. And they do this using a lot of data analytics. So for example, in Singapore, right, a big part of sales is going to be done through flash sales, which we probably are all very familiar with. Like <laughs> at 10 o'clock, they have one. At 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 6 o'clock, uh, and 10 p.m. again. And then the last one at midnight. You know, Singaporeans... Our shopping habit is to buy through flash sales because we need a very strong call to action. But Indonesians, you know, they need a different sort of categorization for their mm -hmm. consumers to work. So by having a separate app for every single country, right, it allows them to hyper-localize and customize to whichever UX works best for that country. And this is something Lazada cannot do because all their consumers are already on one app. And if you want them to download a separate app, you are going to start losing a lot of users um, if you do that. So in that way, Shopee have a leg up against its competitors. And not just when it comes to UX design, also when it comes to marketing, um, it is also hyper-localized. So when it comes to um, the Singapore users, you see a lot of social media marketing. You're going to see advertisement on YouTube, on Facebook, you know, the Shopee jingle. Patsukang is going to come up and he's going to start singing. Mark Lee is going to come up, he's going to start singing, right? But when it comes to Philippines and Indonesia, they use the traditional TV. So in Singapore, you see the traditional Shengshong, uh, what's the Shengshong show? Yeah, but you know, yeah, every Shing Saturday... Show, yes. Every Saturday, there'll be a Sheng Chong show. So like um, in Indonesia, in Philippines, they are going to have a Shopee show equivalent because that, that is what worked in those countries because traditional media is still... And, and they, are, they are very adaptable in that nice. sense. One big thing though that gave them a super leg up against Lazada, who was the most dominant player back in 2017 and 2018, was their willingness to use celebrities so back then, Lazada, uh, after it was acquired in 2017 by Alibaba, um, their marketing strategy became a lot more rigid because all the orders were coming from Hangzhou and uh, they have different ways of measuring success for the, their employees. But when it comes to Shopee, they were willing to spend big 
on celebrities' endorsement because it's not just about driving the traffic to the platform for that day. It is about brand awareness. So they started to use Blackpink. They started to use Pasukang for Singapore. You know, <laughs> then for Malaysia, they use Anu. For Indonesia, mm. Philippines, they use their celebrities of their own. But Lazada back in 2016 and 2017, uh, including Tokopedia, they were very into using social media. So like when you browse, let's say, a bag on, on the website, right? You will start seeing advertisement for that particular bag on your Instagram feed, on your Facebook feed. So those are good for converting one-time sales, but it is not as good for raising brand awareness. And this is where Shopee do things differently from their competitors early on. Yeah. And you know, my, un- my, my, my friend's kids can sing right. the Shopee song and he was freaking yeah. out. <laughs> it is like, addictive, you know, right? You know, I come back right there, I see my kids that Shopee, beep, beep. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> but yes, yes. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a celebrity thing, right? Because of this celebrity and then all these jingles and they dump the ads everywhere, you know, strategic to the local market. It's, it's building a brand identity rather than, you know, individual, every time you want to get people to buy something, you do a social ad, you do a social ad, you know? So, so I, I think, I think exactly that's, that's uh, the interesting part about Shopee's rise and uh, yeah, they, they, they're even training the next generation, I just say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so like when, when I ask my friends who are teaching in kindergartens, you know, their kids, the, the students they are teaching, you know, they will be singing this uh, Shopee jingle, you know? <laughs> Yes. I think they first first started the Shopee jingle with um the Baby Shark song. Baby Shark, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. and they got Ronaldo to to do that Baby Shark dance also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that <laughs> that is just how they operate. The, it may not be the most brilliant thing uh in terms of uh being appealing. Uh, it's quite it brilliant. To, uh, it, it, it's, it, okay, it's so it cheesy brilliant. that it's brilliant. You know, it's like it's like the that. Classic, it's cheesy until a certain level people appreciate it. Actually, quite funny. It's quite a thing. Yeah, you it is brilliant I mean? in getting it stuck in your head. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you when you measure it from like a, a song, quality song per se, it's not, <laughs> but but it definitely works uh, mm-hmm. in getting the, the shoppy jingle stuck in your head. And yes. that way, like whenever, you know, consumers want to buy things, uh, usually shoppy is the first to come into their mind. So, so they, they have a very strong lake up when it comes to raising their brand awareness. And the next step they have to do to solve the e-commerce puzzle in Asia is really to build trust with the consumers. Mm-hmm. So um, back in 2016 or 17, I, I saw a lot of surveys as to why consumers in Indonesia per se or Malaysia are, are unwilling to buy, or even Singapore, I'm unwilling to buy merchandise on e-commerce platform and trust was one of the biggest reasons. Um, when it comes to buying milk powder, for example, consumers were worried about buying milk powder that have late expiry dates, whether it's authentic or not, or, and whether the products is damaged. And so Shopee works very fast when it comes to um, implementing these solutions. Um, to resolve the milk powder problem, they actually came up with Shopee Milk Guarantee, which certify that every product that you receive is going to be authentic and it is at least six months um, to its expiry date. And also, they also launched uh, Shopee Guarantee where payments are held in Shopee eScroll account to make sure like the orders are fulfilled before the payment is released to the seller. 
So what this means is like um, when it comes to platform like Pingtoto, you see a lot of imitation, a lot of fraud going on, which the Chinese government is trying to clamp down now because consumer trust is getting very, very low for yeah. Pingtoto. There's a lot of people buying things, but they don't receive the product or they receive things that are entirely different. Um, but <laughs> on Shopee platform quite, quite classic uh, quite classic uh, yeah. when, when e-commerce first started a lot of this kind of rubbish happened yes yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean I vividly experienced it like your orders like, wow, look very nice <laughs> coming yeah, yeah. like what the hell is this shit but, I yeah. mean like totally different but <laughs> yeah so, so the thing about the e-scroll account right for our listeners uh, it, it is actually a, a third party account uh, maintained by Shopee and you first have to make payment there. And then only when you receive it, then you release these payments to the merchant. And it also helps the merchant because traditionally in places such as Indonesia where banking penetration is super low, you know, people generally pay cash on hand, you know, then, then you get a lot of problems such as uh, payment counterfeit or people don't show up, that, that kind of stuff. So buyers are also unwilling to get on board the platform. And when there's Shopee guarantee, Shopee as a third party hold the payment first. Buyers are also guaranteed that there's actually a payment waiting for them if they fulfill their responsibility properly. Yeah. 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 And and all these are features and strategies that Shopee has done so far, right? And I think uh, for a lot of people listening, they probably know what is Shopee as an app from a user experience standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Um, but what is the business model then? They build all these things, you know, how do they actually make money, you know, by building this whole marketplace with all these different features? Um, yeah, what, what, is, what is Shopee's business model? Yeah, so that's a great question. The, the way they make money is through a take rate. Uh, in other words, it is through a commission. So for example, if I were to sell you um, a webcam right now, it costs $100. Shopee is going to take $6. Um, their current take rate is 6%. Um, when we look at the very matured e-commerce players like Amazon or JD, it's above 20%, 20 to 30%. When we look yes. at 3P companies, uh, internet companies, so Amazon and JD, um, they are a mixture of 1P and 3P. 1P means Amazon is selling you directly from its warehouse, so you're buying from Amazon. 3P uh, means you're buying from an independent third party. So, for example, when you buy on Taobao, right, um, you're buying from another guy in China. You're not going, you're not buying directly from Alibaba, right? So, so that is the 3P model. Um, Shopee is also a mixture of 3P and 1P, but largely 3P for now because their logistic uh, and warehouse capabilities is not as strong as what Amazon and JD.com is having at the moment. So, largely 3P. And so, when we compare Apple to Apple, we compare 3P to 3P. Matured internet companies um, like eBay and Etsy, they are commanding take rates of uh, between 12 to 15%. So there is actually a lot of room for Shopee to start increasing its take rate. But it is intentionally underpricing its services now. The take rate is going to come from a mixture of things like payment transaction fees, advertisement fees, um, logistics fees, shipping fees. Um, but Shopee is subsidizing a lot of that at the moment. Um, which is why it is it is still unprofitable. But the thing about an e-commerce platform is you need to start the flywheel effect going. Meaning, um, when more buyers come online, then you will attract a lot of buyers. And buyers, right, um, are naturally attracted to platforms which have a lot of sellers. So by attracting a lot of participants into your platform, you can start to raise your 
uptake rate over time, which is what Amazon, um, Etsy, and eBay have done over the years. Even within Shopee, right, they have different take rate for different country. So when it comes to Taiwan, they're actually cash flow positive already because they are already the most dominant player. They are three times bigger than the next guy, uh, than the next e-commerce in player in Taiwan. You know, so they can, so they're they actually can turn up their they can turn up their take rate already because yeah, they, they don't need start, to fight for market. Yes, exactly. They can start turning on the profit machine already. Yeah. So yes. for countries like Indonesia or even Brazil, right, when we look at the amount of e-commerce penetration as a percentage of total retail spend, right, it is still extremely low. So when you look at places like Latin America, currently it is only 10.8%. And when we look at places like China, it is more than 50% already. So actually Shopee is still extremely nascent in, in this way. And what they should be focusing on now is acquiring users. Um, which inevitably will show a net loss on their profit statement. Um, but a good thing for them going is Garina is making a truckload of money, uh, which is why they are able to fight their competitors um, extremely strongly before they turn on the profit-making machine for Shopee. But mm. inevitably, it will reach that stage because when we look at their gross margins, when we look at all the financial segments, um, all the metrics, right, they are all trending in the right direction from negative cash flow to actually breaking even on a gross profit level already. And they are starting to slowly turn up the take rate in Indonesia. So they started off with 1%. I think now they are about 4%. Whereas their competitors like uh, Tokopedia and Lazada, they are not able to turn on the take rate yet. And even after Shopee have started increasing the take rate, the amount of traffic they are getting is still number one. Uh, when it comes to comparing against their competitors. So when it comes to the game of e-commerce, right, it is really, you need to gain size first. Once you gain size first, then you will start to be able to monetize. Um, mm -hmm. So it's common for e-commerce, you know, you start to see them bleed heavily when they're first starting out, acquiring yeah. users. Yeah, would you, would you say that when we're looking at e-commerce, the fundamentals is, first you will look at users, right? MAU or DAU, you know, active users on the platform, okay? Depending right. on what matrix they use. After that, then we talk about GMV, right? Gross merchant value, right? Based on right. all these users, how much do they transact and buy on the platform? Then you look at the tick rate, which is where the platform actually makes money. You know, is, is yes. that kind of the, the process? So in the early days of uh, e-commerce, they had to essentially burn money to get users, lah. Right, then after that, then then the, the flywheel then comes in. Then well, it's amazing how e-commerce can use traditional these days. Huh? You can't, <laughs> that's how yeah, you look at traditional e-commerce businesses going forward to analyze any other e-commerce business. Is that how you would do it? I, I thought that is a that's an excellent point. Uh there, there's other points also, like um, because gross merchandise value, it, it can be misleading. So when we look at gross merchandise value, right, it is relatively easy for an e-commerce company to start turning it up. I just start offering discounts or vouchers uh, that's targeted at um, big ticket items like your washing machines or, or your laptop, for example. Those are super big ticket items. Then mm -hmm. I can raise the gross merchandise value in a short period. But what we want to see, and this one you can only get from uh, listening into the earnings call, is how well they are doing in very recurring items. So the recurring categories we want to pay attention to is your fashion on health and beauty and on home and living and on baby products because these are much more recurring in nature compared to electronics or wholesale items. 
And apart from also looking at the order basket, right, we also want to look at order number, the number of app downloads and the amount of time spent in app. So when it comes to order number, right, a good e-commerce company would generally have about four orders per active user. And Shopee is generally harboring around six orders per user. So, so they are doing quite well in that sense also. Yeah. So, so uh, when it comes to evaluating e-commerce companies, increasing take rate GMV is important, but it's also important to study other metrics to make sure that the platform is actually sticky and not just a one-off place um, for consumers to buy. So, mm. like an example of this would be Capital Land. You know, they are pushing cut on their e-commerce strategy also, but I'm quite <laughs> sure it is not recurring. So, I, I bought something from Capital Land e-commerce platform like two weeks back because they offered $40 off $100 purchase, you know. But mm. will I continue to buy from Capital Land? I will not. It's, it's just not as sticky for me as um, the range of products Shopee offer, you know, and the prices Shopee is able to give. Um, so when you have a lot of sellers on the platform, when you have a range of products, uh, including food-related, including movie tickets, you know, I'm more likely to buy from Shopee. And the way to get a hint of stickiness, you know, is really to look at the various metrics we discussed, like um, active users, time spent, order number per basket, average basket size. And it's important as investors, you know, we tune in to this earnings call to get a sense of how sticky the platform is. Yeah, yeah, important. Uh, I have a friend who worked quite senior in Lazada. You know, cannot mm. say who, who, what, what. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the person was saying like, you know, Capital Land, all these companies, they're trying to do all these things, right? They really don't know how to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> they they should just use the platform, right? So I think I think some of the some of the traditional companies like Japan Home. Or mm. I can't remember who else, but Japan Home specifically, they are using all the platforms, Shopee, Lazada, you know, all, all your Q10 and, and what have you. And, and they're just focusing on their main business, which is to funnel products, right? She mm. move products and sell and move products and sell. And they don't need to build out their whole e-commerce strategy. They don't need to build out their infrastructure. They just tap on it, right? Whereas a lot of these other bigger companies, uh, they, they, you know, e-commerce, you know, we're going to do a new yeah. business particle. <laughs> and then as an investor, I think you really got to vividly ask yourself, can these people do it? You know, it's a very different business. Um, are they willing to burn? I think that's fundamentally very important because they will have to dedicate a lot of capital to burn through this business in the early days. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I think a lot of these uh, big companies, you know, traditional big companies, uh, they are not willing to do it. Like, they don't understand this game yes. enough and they're not willing to spend. So they will never succeed in, in uh, the e-commerce strategy, in my view. Like, in my view. Yeah, I, I agree. Like when you look at Capital Land, I agree with what your friend said. Do they know how to play the game? If I were Capital Land, right, I would not give like a $40 one-off voucher. I would spread it like $5, $5, $5, $5. So that mm. consumers, you know, will build the habit of coming back to the platform and for companies like Japan Home, right? As investors, when you look at companies, you know, they say they want to have an e-commerce strategy, they're going digital. Should we be excited? We first ask ourselves, will we install that app or not? How often will we go to Japan Home app to buy things? If it doesn't get you excited because it doesn't carry that range of products you're looking at, right? Then probably not. Probably they should yeah. be selling on these um, 3P marketplaces because exactly. consumers can buy a range of things, um, food-related, groceries, um, everything, fashion, everything you need, exactly. it will be on this platform. Exactly. So shout out to Japan Home <laughs> <laughs> and uh, support local. Huh? But also, I, I, I do think 
uh, I mean, we segue a little bit. I do think Capital Land, if they really want to play this game, they should make use of their local infrastructure because they got all these malls. You know, they can do a lot mm. of uh, gamified you know, experiences in the mall. They can get people to go and find certain things, do certain hunts. And, you know, they can they can build out attraction on their apps physically with their infrastructure at the mall, at the space. You know, but uh, I, I think recently they also beat a bit hard for them. <laughs> so people, you know, it's yeah, it's COVID, tough. COVID and all shit. But yeah, all uh, I think the, the main idea is not to give them ideas, but the main idea is to let the listeners know that all these companies that are trying to tell you they're going to go e-commerce, they're going to go digital, right? Be very cautious about, you know, what they're telling you because every management will tell you all oh, the upside, the beautiful, the total addressable market and all that shit. But do they know how to play the game? Do they understand that they're going to be spending a lot of money? Do they specifically tell you their capital vested, ready to pump in? And uh, what is their strategy? I think all these are, are things that we need to be very, very aware of. Okay, yeah. Any last things for Shopee? Yeah, I, I thought um, the last thing I'll bring up is the rate at which they're executing, right? It's really world-class. So when you look at how fast they're growing in, in Indonesia, it has been triple digits for over 100% for the last one and two years. Um, and, and as investors, we sort of like get used to it. I was starting to take it for granted until I saw the prospectors for Bukalapa, you know, because they just came IPO this year, you know, and during COVID, they only grew 20 over percent. Whereas mm. uh, Shopee, even though they are already the biggest, Bukalapa is coming from a smaller base, but still they only grow 20 over percent. But Shopee, they grew over 100% in 2020. So, so it just outlines how well management is executing um, with their localization strategy, um, with their use of celebrities, endorsement, etc. Yeah, yeah, very, very important. Uh. We cannot take good execution as the benchmark. Uh. <laughs> it's, uh, we must recognize this is a well-executed company. Hey Coconut, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but I'm always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. And to stay tuned with what is happening in the markets and in the TFC network, do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you have a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya next week.